This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 123 and counting. We're back here for another week. Hopefully Vigo gets online. He's not online right now, but when he when he gets online, we will have him join into the discussion. Um, Hammy, you're here. So at least we've got half the show going. That I am. We yes. managed to get the, uh, home from the brutal commute oh, to... Geez. Do the early show. Yeah, we're on early tonight just because, you know, we're going to have uh, Dan Kelly from the Big Ten Network on here in a little bit after we do our little recap of Wisconsin. And and he needed to uh, come on early. So like, we'll do the, do the show early. It's no problem. <clears throat> until I needed to drive home with it like you as well. I didn't get home until just a few minutes before I started firing up the computer and getting it ready. So hopefully, you know. It'll go smooth here. Hopefully, we'll hear from Viggs. If not, uh, we'll just do it without him. I think we're fine without him, aren't we, aren't we Hammy? We're, we're good. We're, we're good. good. Well, <clears throat> Splitsville with with the Badgers. Uh, you and I were just you and I were just discussing before we came on the air that uh, you were kind of wondering, you know, which night I felt they played better. And boy, <clears throat> for me, it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, well, the thing is, is when you get outshot, you know, it's, and you have you're giving up 20 shots in a period, and you know, but you win the game. It's and then the next night, you know, you're out shooting. You know, I know shots on goal aren't the only measure of everything, but you know, it does tend to, you know, show some kind of dictation or the flow. And and uh, you know, it just uh, sometimes you think, you know, some weekends you're like the game we won. I actually felt like we didn't play as good as the game we lost. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I wonder if that's one of those weekends. So that, that's kind of why I was asking that. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a rivalry series, so you kind of, you know, throw even, like I've said in the past, even when Wisconsin was bad, you kind of throw the records out the window because uh, rivalry series, um, it's, it's all about pride and, you know, teams can rise up one way or the other and make a, make it a better series than you might expect. Well, I would say that Friday night game, um, you know, they they were down after one and then they just blew up in the third or in the second, I should say. Scored all those goals, but then that third period kind of had the same feeling as some of those other games against you know Harvard and against Michigan. It got close in the end when it really shouldn't have been, Hammy. Yeah, I don't know, you know, what the mentality is. Uh, you know, if it's just like you kind of tense up because you have the uh, the dreaded two goal lead, you know, or whatever. You know, what do they say? They always say that that's the hardest lead to protect or whatever, whatever that means. But yeah. I mean, you know, I just think that sometimes the mentality becomes, all right, we've got a lead. Um, you know, let's not make any mistakes. And sometimes that just kind of breeds that mentality of taking the foot off the pedal and playing it really safe. And, uh, you know, it's almost like you're afraid to make mistakes at that point. And uh, so maybe that plays into it. I don't know. And, and I think some of it also is the fact that we've talked about it before, but we don't really have that, you know, the defensive players that are really slick with the puck, you know, and that I think can really help skate you out of problems. We don't really have that as much this year, at least in my opinion. And and uh, I think sometimes that can contribute, you know, later in the game when the other team is pressing and you, you don't really have that guy that can just skate you out of problems. Can Nanny be that guy? He seems like he seems like he, he you know, he, he gets aggressive at times and uh, maybe it's that, that kind of, that offensive spark they need from the defense at times? Well, I think there's guys that have some of that potential. I think with Nanny in particular, when you've been out as long as he was, it's kind of hard to throw that on a guy within the first couple months of the season, you know? So maybe he develops into that kind of a guy as he gets more and more comfortable, um, you know, with the competitive environment and and kind of getting those, uh, those legs back and whatever. And I, I, maybe that will happen, but um, it's something that I don't know that I would want to put the pressure on him right away. Well, we do know one thing is that uh, it's looking like this uh, Big Ten race is pretty much over. Notre Dame has gone undefeated. Um, they're going to be tough to catch no matter what. 
Um, so I'm not really, <laughs> should we just give them the, the title now, Hammy? Should we crown them a la <laughs> Denny Green? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, exactly. I don't know. I, I, it's like I said the other week, you know, they haven't really played a lot of road games yet. Um, they did finally, you know, with, I mean, they were playing Michigan State, so it's almost like not even that much of a test given who it was. So, I, you know, it's hard to say. There's still a long ways to go. Um, you know, I, I guess we've seen, you know, the Gophers have won obviously several titles in a row, and it doesn't really necessarily mean anything in the grand scheme. It's nice to win them. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, maybe it become, maybe this is the year where you just kind of worry more about uh, getting your game rolling when it really, really counts and trying to make that run at the end of the season. Um, so I guess we'll see. Well, it's, you know, Don always says, you know, sweep at home, split on the road. Uh, the team hasn't quite been doing that. Uh, they're now behind Penn state in the standings. Uh, uh, Wisconsin is not far behind in standings, even though you know they they split this weekend. But Wisconsin does have a couple games in hand, so even second place is not a given right now, Hammy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I I just think it, it's too early to say. I mean, we're not even past the uh, you know the calendar turning you know over to 2018 yet, so we'll see what happens. But um, definitely, you know, I kind of expected a little bit better of a start into the big 10 season, but, uh, or part of the season and just hasn't happened to this point. Been a little bit inconsistent. Yeah. What can you do? It's just, you know, you know, this team's kind of what they say stacked, but we just haven't quite seen it come together. You know, I, I'd really like to see some Bristed one of these days cause he has, uh, pretty much disappeared altogether. Um, I, you know, he's got to be frustrated with that. You know, Viggs has mentioned in the past that, uh, he had, uh, but only to talk to and sit down and go over things with them. Maybe he doesn't have that type of, of mentorship that he had in the last previous year, so we'll have to see. But, uh, boy, if this team goes anywhere, Bristad needs to step up. Yeah, I mean, you definitely expected you know him coming to a senior year to, to be a lot more productive than what he's been. I only have three points, and you know this far into the season is definitely not what any of us would have predicted coming into the season especially given his background, you would kind of hope that he would uh, have a pretty good senior year. But I think, I think, as I mentioned, I think it was last week, it's sometimes when you have those seniors that don't start off gangbusters, you know, they start kind of pressing a little bit, gripping the stick a little bit tighter. And, uh, you know, they almost maybe sometimes become their own worst enemy in that sense. And um, I don't know, I'm not at practice and I'm not one of the coaches, so I don't know what it's going to necessarily take to get them back on track, but hopefully they're trying to figure some things out and, uh, Maybe he'll have a big second half. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, we can only hope so, Hammy. We can only hope so. Well, we kind of have to cut the the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin, I should say, uh, recap short because we need to get to Dan Kelly here in a, in a few seconds. Um, um, so, you know, not the greatest weekend. Um, boy, we could just you know, hope they do better at Ohio State this, this coming weekend. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, before we move on to Dan Kelly, we need to hear from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, to the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasic and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit vintagemnhockey.com and follow them on Twitter at vintagemnhockey. And we're back here. And uh, this week we're bringing in a new guest to the, the GPL podcast. Uh, you hear him on the Big Ten Network calling uh, hockey games all throughout the season. and uh, But really, that's kind of his second gig. His main gig is uh, quite a few other things. But uh, Dan Kelly, thanks for joining us. 
It's great to be with you guys. Uh, you got you got a new fan of the show. I'm looking forward to listening the rest of the year and hopefully uh, learning from you guys and your guests as well. <laughs> well, we're just glad to have you on. I, I, I always appreciate you quite a bit because you know we tweet back and forth once in a while, and I know that you're pretty interactive with the fans uh, when they're listening. I mean, you could be calling a game, and I'll see you retweet something during the middle of a broadcast, and I can tell you one thing: the fans kind of appreciate that. Uh, when you're when you're so active on social media and you've really kind of taken advantage of that yeah no thanks for uh for pointing that out you know i mean the, the fans are obviously uh you know they're not fans of necessarily the broadcast they're the fans <laughs> of, of what's going on in the ice but it, it's so nice to get input and to get insight um to get that direct feedback you know sure sometimes twitter can uh, have those type of people, but I mean, you simply ignore that, but usually it can, <laughs> I find it so, so, so valuable. Uh, in hockey, it's a little more difficult to, to do it. Um, although you can do it because of intermissions and commercial breaks, it helps. Um, soccer sometimes if it's, you know, there's a lull in midfield play, um, you know, you can glance at it, but I, I find it such a, such a great tool. And I'm, I'm sure you guys are fans of it as well as it seems, especially in sports, sports and Twitter, and, you know, times controversy, they go so well together, don't they? They do, they do. And you mentioned soccer. You are the voice behind the, the Chicago Fire of MLS, correct? Yes, yeah. I just completed my eighth season, and, you know, I'm a person that grew up in a hockey family. My late father was a Hall of Fame hockey broadcaster. My, my brother's been the voice of an NHL team now in St. Louis and Colorado, amongst a few. You know, that's my background as well before I came to Big Ten Network and, and started at Major League Soccer. I was in the NHL for the first 10 years as a play-by-play announcer. So the, the, the similarities of hockey and soccer, there's there so many. So that helped, that helped me learn uh, a little bit about soccer on the fly at the pro level. Uh, so I'm fascinated now. The, the two sports, there's, there's a lot of similarities, and it's fun to talk to coaches about that. Uh, I think really any good soccer coach or any good hockey coach, they better, they, you know, they would be very wise to watch the other sport because you can learn things. Well, yeah, yeah definitely can. Well, well, this weekend you're calling both games uh, for Minnesota and Ohio State uh, in uh, in Columbus. Uh, who's going to be joining you? Is it going to have Ben Clymer with you, or who's going to be your yeah. co-host? Yeah, good Minnesota boy Ben Clymer, uh, both games. So it's uh, you know it's it's a different atmosphere as you guys know, calling a game or or playing a game in Columbus. Uh, it's not Mariucci. It's it's you know it's a giant cavernous twenty one thousand seat uh, building, and uh, it's a little different. And you know it's it's much like actually a lot of the NHL buildings. You're far away. We're spoiled as broadcasters in college hockey. Um, even Mariucci in a pretty big size, you know, large size building. That's, that's a beautiful view that we have. And Yost Ice Arena, and the, and the list goes on. You have you have some great views. So uh, it's 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 a little different weekend, but it's it's always fun. These two teams are a little unpredictable, especially Ohio State. Oh yes, definitely un- unpredictable. It's it's they've been kind of up and down all year. You know, you mentioned good views. I mean, I, I recall you calling a a Badger uh, Gopher women's game at Ritter, and I find that that arena might be the the best arena for a view from where you're calling the game. I mean, you're right on top of the ice there and it's, it's a great place to watch a game. If people haven't seen a good game, go to Ritter arena to see a women's game because the sight lines are just as good as any of these other college arenas. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I, forgive me. I forget the name of the, the new beautiful facility in Wisconsin, too, for their women's program. But bon? It's, uh, Le Bon? Or yes. Something Le, like Le, Le yes. Bon, exactly. And it's, it's, it's the same thing. And, you know, it, it, it reminds me a little bit. I was fortunate enough as a kid to go to like a place like Maple Leaf Garden or some of those old buildings with the steep pitches. Chicago Stadium comes to mind. But where oh, if you're yes. actually in the press box, especially a place like Maple Leaf Garden, to where if you drop something out of the press box, it's going to hit almost center ice. And it, it really changes the game when you see it that way in that perspective of that that old style steep pitch. Uh, you know, it's it's you almost have to hold yourself back because the game's happening so quick. Well, Minnesota's in a little bit different situation this year. These all these first few years of of the Big Ten, they've uh, come out as a. Uh, ahead of everyone else in the regular season, won the regular season championship, maybe not so much luck in the playoffs, but they've done really well in the regular season. But this year is quite a different game with Notre Dame into the conference, Dan. Yeah, you know, I, 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 we get so focused on game to game. I haven't really thought of that big picture, but you're right. Minnesota, and we I haven't had a chance to talk to Coach Lucia this week. I'm going to talk to him tomorrow morning, but it, it, it is much different. I mean, Notre Dame all of a sudden, <laughs> unbeaten. Uh, you, you know, you can't score goals off of them. 
I mean, Minnesota has been the dominant team in this conference. They won the conference before they even joined the Big Ten. So, I mean, sure, they've faced adversity, but uh, this is a little different. And I, I think also, you know, maybe not overall, the, some of the teams like even Ohio State, you know, it, it's a cliche to say, oh, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But, it, you know, it's becoming true. And I think slowly but surely you're, you're seeing this, this conference uh, improve. And, and part of that is going to be teams – hopefully catching up to Minnesota because, you know, they've been the dominant program, not just in this conference, but other conferences as well. Well, we have talked about it extensively on this podcast. You know, a lot of the fans were not happy with the formation of the Big Ten Conference. You know, we've come to the conclusion that it is what it is and it's time to embrace it. Um, so you had the fans angry. And then at the same time, you had some teams uh, that were not performing as they used to. You know, when the conference started, Wisconsin and, and Michigan, two of the big Big teams have really struggled and you know, have had some down years. You know, Wisconsin just replaced their coach, and and Michigan did as well. So it, there was just a lot of changes at the same time, and everyone's like, "Oh, the Big Ten sucks. The Big Ten sucks." It's like you know, it was just a bad timing for it. But I think this is going to be a pretty strong conference, Dan. I agree, and I understand. You know, Minnesota fans. I, I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> I grew up in St. Louis. They're traditionalists, and and, and Minnesota. It, you know, it's been the epicenter of, of American hockey for so many years. They played hockey in Minnesota before they knew what the sport was around the country. Uh, so I understand that. The, the thing is, is you're going to have these kids now. And I, I said this from the beginning. I thought it would happen quicker. And you're right. The, the, the big part is some of those teams have struggled. And now you have new coaches, Wisconsin, the Michigans. But I always said that I thought this would become a superpower conference because – you grew up around the country in North America, and you, you couldn't watch college hockey unless certain pockets of hockey. It was such a blessing, like, to, to all of a sudden. I used to watch the Beanpot Tournament. I never watch East Coast hockey anymore because I'm not focused on Big Ten. But just to have that glimpse as a young kid, a, a young hockey player, it was so cool, you know, to watch the high school state hockey tournament for Minnesota with the clear boards. Like, it, it was in Wonderland. And now all of a sudden, I, I really think, and, in, in, you know, I, I'm a freelancer for Big Ten Network, so I don't mean to be waving the pom-poms too much. But you, I believe the power of television is going to help that. Going into those markets in Canada, going all around the United States, that's one thing that the Big Ten Network has done is they've set the standard that ESPN – and elsewhere around the world are imitating is, is to how they cover collegiate sports and the, the amount they do. So I, again, I don't mean to be waving the pom-toms too big, but I think <laughs> if you just show the skill and you put it on, uh, on television in beautiful HD, uh, the product will sell itself and you're going to start to attract more of the top talent and start to wrestle some of those kids away from Canadian major junior hockey as well. Well, I, I think, you know, the Minnesota fans have been spoiled for a long time, especially when it comes to television, because, you know, back in, in the 90s, we had Midwest Sports Channel that's turned into Fox Sports North, and, you know, it was kind of the home uh, for college hockey, and then things changed, and uh, and a lot of these things that change are out of Minnesota's control, It's it's or at least the team, it's, it's the university above them, it's the leagues above them that made these decisions. Unfortunately, the fans are, are, you know, they complain, oh, where's the game this weekend? Where can I find the game? It's, it's, it's just something for them to complain about, I have found. So, I mean, what can we really do? I mean, it's, it, it's just the, the nature of sports now. It's uh, different networks are covering these games, and I think either way, it's good for the exposure. So, And Gopher fans don't have the best memory exactly when it comes to how it used to be either. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like, that's a good point by you guys too as well is because Gopher fans have had a seat in other sports. Like like the schedules don't are, are consistent with, 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 you know, with college basketball or, or men's football. I mean, you know, now with the NFL, there's a game on every night. I mean, you know, I mean, good or bad, the, the way of the world is now is, you know, television usually controls start times and game times. So um, blame the Big Ten Network, I guess, right? <laughs> you know, and all the other – and hopefully there's more networks that cover this great conference too. Well, you know, the ESPN and the Fox Sports – you know, the big Fox sports could somehow get involved too. I mean, I, I think that's would be a great eventual goal. Well, we have a, we've had fun with, with Rick Pizzo over at the big 10 for a while here. We usually blame him for everything and he just goes along with it. So he's a, he's a good sport about it. <laughs> he is. And Rick, you know, and, and as you guys probably know, like Rick played collegiate hockey, Rick's a hockey guy. If, if Rick was making the decisions down at, uh, in downtown Chicago at the Big Ten Network, there'd be, there would be more hockey coverage, I promise. Oh, yes. We recognized that a while ago. We had him on the podcast a few years ago, and he's a great guest. And I think we might try to get him on again. 
uh, because he, because he is a good guest and he could he could talk college hockey really well. Even though he doesn't look like he does look like a TV guy. He's got that TV look to him. <laughs> he, he does. He does. But that's a, that's a compliment, I guess. So let's get into this weekend. I see Viggs. Viggs did join us. Now we you know Vigo had a hard time connecting and had some technical issues, but he's now on the podcast with us. Viggs, you know we had, we kind of already recapped the Wisconsin, you know, the split, not the greatest, but then this weekend we're heading to Columbus. Um, what can we expect from this club? You know, we, we've talked about in the past that uh, you know, Shearhorn has been a little up and down, but uh, Shearhorn's got somebody knocking on his door that's eligible to play this weekend, and I'd be curious if he actually does play. Yeah, the transfer, Matt Robson, is uh, eligible to play. We're entering the second half with the uh, first 18 games in the books. So he's a big athletic goaltender, you know, more of that 6'2", 6'3", range, Uh most of the recent goalies for the Gophers have been, you know, six feet or under. So this is a different kind of style of goaltender. Uh, and this weekend, I don't know if we'll see him play. Lucia said at availability that uh, he's pretty confident Shearhorn's going to try to hold down the fort, but there's competition now. So if you have one of those Friday nights where Shearhorn's not on, you know, they've got someone to turn to. Whereas in, you know, like the Michigan game, when Shearhorn started to look a little shaky, there weren't a lot of other options. And when the Gophers and Buckeyes play in hockey, uh, you can't expect a lot of offense. Well, I'm hoping to see it at home offense. Hammy, um, what do you think, Robson? you think he's going to get in sometime soon, or will, will it be more of an Army thing later in December? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're going to put him in the lineup right away. I'd be kind of curious to see him play you know, against a pretty competitive team because obviously Army is not going to necessarily be the biggest challenge in the world. So, um, you'd kind of like to see him play against an Ohio State. I mean, obviously he's been practicing and you know, getting some of the, some of the, be able to get some of the rust out, you know, and, and maybe not necessarily getting that competitive environment yet in, in a game. So hopefully he'll get some time soon. Um, I'm looking forward to the fact that we'll actually have some competition because we really haven't had that, and it's kind of been sheer horn or bust, you know, in recent seasons. So it'll be good to have somebody that can uh, push him. So Dan, we're a few days before um, the the series here. How do you prepare for uh, these uh, these series? I mean, what what are you, I, you said you're going to talk to Coach Uchia tomorrow. Is it uh, is it more of a usual thing? Like every week, every time you're going to have a game, you have the same kind of schedule of what you do. But how do you really prepare for these series? You I mean you follow it like you guys do all the time? Um, you know, watching games and on Twitter. But sometimes you're the problem is you're doing other games. <laughs> so yeah, you, true. So you, you you miss and you lose. You completely lose touch for a weekend. Um, but it, it, we, you know, we always have conference calls with the coaches and that's the nice thing about these collegiate coaches. Um, you know, even Don, sometimes I could joke that he's grumpy, but he's not, those guys are pretty accessible and, <laughs> and he's insightful and it's, it's, it's great to hear, you know, hear their, their knowledge and learn from them. But conference calls during the week, um, just talking amongst ourselves and doing your own research, Twitter's, you know, a big help now. It seems like more and more every year game notes become, less of a factor, especially because the privilege that I have is I get direct access because then, you know, come game day, if you're in town, um, go to morning skate and then also try to maybe even sneak in a conversation, you know, with a player or two at that morning skate, but then also the coach maybe quickly again to refresh and the same thing Saturday morning is just to try to take advantage, especially at the college level, you know, not to say that pro coaches, um, you know, are, are not accessible, but these guys are, are, are more down to earth and, and they get it. They know that we're storytellers and they're trying to you know, sell their program, and we're just trying to tell the story. And uh, so that's the biggest thing, I guess, is trying to take advantage, especially because now in the modern day uh, of sports, with you know, and Big Ten does this very well, sometimes we'll call some Olympic sports like uh, college soccer, you know, off the monitor. And occasionally we've done that in the past with hockey um, because of, you know, a shortage of whatever, trucks or whatnot. Um, so the big thing is, is whenever I'm on site now, it really hammers home that you better take advantage and talk to people because that's the big thing that, that, you know, fans can't do. So, so make sure you do that. How are you handling, uh, the neutral network? Cause you know, obviously when you're calling Chicago fire games, MLS, you, you could be more of a Homer, but, uh, boy on social media, they just love to murder you. If they even think you are biased at all. And I've seen you do this on Twitter a lot. And, uh, I, for us, you know, I, I, I tend to think you're pretty neutral. Um, people say you kind of celebrate a little bit when a team wins. Well, you're just celebrating a goal. 
Um, you're not really a biased person, but that, that is one struggle that you do have when you're more of a national national type of network covering multiple teams. Yeah, you know, it's 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 fun. Like I started to do a couple of ESPN games for Major League Soccer, and it's so really it's really easy um, because there are no favorites. Because you know, there are, every team has good guys. The coaches are good people. The SIDs are easy to deal with. Um, it, you know, if, if anything, <laughs> if 1% of myself is going to shade some way 51% to favor someone, it might be the Gophers because uh, at the end of the day, who's, who's watching the most college hockey in this conference right now? It's, it's you know, a big, a big city, uh, you know, the tradition there. Um, but, you know, again, that's not a team that you, you – that doesn't pop in your head. Let's favor this team. Let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. It's, you're talking about the team that's playing better, um, why they're playing better, and if you know why that team that is trailing right now is is losing, it's you know it's 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 not that. I, I find it funny, to, you know, someone that I grew up around in the late Jack Buck and his son Joe Buck. I think Joe Buck is very talented, and he rubs people the wrong way in different markets. I know in Minnesota he has. I live in <laughs> Chicago. I live in Chicago. I'm from St. Louis, but I know in Chicago he does. But like, and I hear it all the time. People think he he favors someone. I I, I mean, I think sometimes. It's, it, you know, it's, it's just a fight you can't win. But having said that, you don't hear that. It, it's interesting because, like, you, you look at a national broadcaster like Al Michaels, who's called so many sports and, and major sports and major championships. You don't hear that gripe about someone like Al Michaels. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I do favor teams. But, you know, seriously, it's, 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 I mean, you really don't. You know, oftentimes you're just like, especially if you have an early flight the next day, you're like, okay, let's just get this game over with. You know, I love my job, but you know, let's get to bed. <laughs> so well, that, you know, that, that's the case. Well, you do, you do mention that, you know, Minnesota does kind of rule the roost when it comes to TV. People here watch the games. And they, it's just, that's just a fact. They've, they've been used to TV for so long, and it's just one of those things. I'm guessing the numbers are down compared to what they used to be in maybe the late 90s and early 2000s. But uh, still, like you mentioned, Minnesota kind of rules the roost, and I'm guessing – uh, it's pretty close that they might have the most games on Big Ten Network or pretty close to it. Um, another thing that might even go in hand there is that, you know, you got Ben Clymer calling the games on Fox and on Big Ten. So maybe they're thinking he's got the bias there. He went to Minnesota. So, you know, maybe it's not even just a combination of you. It could be Ben, too. We can blame Ben for anything if we want. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll tell you a funny story. Actually, before the Big Ten Conference started, I was doing I, uh, a Minnesota University of Denver game. And I, I called University of Denver games for two seasons um, when they won the back-to-back national championships. And it was a nice rivalry then with Minnesota. Oh, of yeah. Don and the Gophers you know, won the consecutive ones prior. So I did a game, and, and I was always a fan of George Gwazdecki. And I talked about University of Denver too much. And this is on the Big Ten Network, and they're playing Minnesota. And it was a good lesson for me because, uh, you know, I, it's, it's rare. I, my bosses are good at the Big Ten Network. You know, they don't micromanage me. But that was mentioned. This, we, you know, we heard from Gopher fans. And, and that was a big, I guess, a, a great lesson for me is that this isn't the University, University of Denver Network. You know, it's not necessarily the University of Minnesota Network either. But especially if, if you're going to play, a, you know, a non-conference game, uh, you know, some of my focus is going to be more on Minnesota, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think. Oh, I agree with that, definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit more about this weekend. Hammy, um, Minnesota's been very up and down. They have not been good on the road. Um, they have not been good on the smaller rinks. Um, and then I think to even complicate this anymore, the atmosphere is not going to be that great this weekend at uh, Ohio State. Uh, what can we really look for this team to do to kind of combat those problems? Well, obviously, you kind of have to start off really well and create your own energy. You're not going to be getting it from the crowd. It's not really a rivalry series per se. I mean, yes, it's conference, but it's not a rival of a traditional rival. So it's a matter of trying to create your own energy. And uh, certainly starting off well is going to be very important. Uh, We know it's going to be a pretty up and down series. So hopefully uh, our defensive, you know, our overall team defense is going to be good. But uh, we need the blue liners to definitely be solid and um, certainly uh, play their roles and not try to do too much. Uh, we've talked about it in the past so where we get into trouble sometimes is certain guys try to do too much. So hopefully it's going to be, you know, just basically starting off really strongly and creating their own energy. How do they create their own energy this weekend, Viggs? Well, I think it's just stick to their game plan. They've, they've talked a lot about having, you know, good exits, good entries, sustained offensive zone pressure. I think if they stick to those principles, they'll be fine. I think part of the problem when people are talking about the Gophers on the road, look where they've played. You know, they played at Notre Dame, at Michigan, at North Dakota, at Minnesota Duluth. 
I mean, those are four of the top teams in college hockey traditionally. Tough places to play. And those are teams that get up for playing the Gophers. And when you start making mistakes in buildings like that, that energy just grows. You make those same kind of mistakes in Columbus, there's not many people to feed off of it. So I think, you know, there's a little bit more room uh, this weekend for the Gopher team to, to take chances. Oh, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. You know, we asked a few of the listeners to send us some questions for the podcast, and we've kind of already covered a few of them. But uh, Nate Wells wants to know, where does being the Wellesley Ward winner stack up on Dan's list of accomplishments? Uh, amongst the top. And speaking <laughs> of people that, that I rely upon uh, during the game, that you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I've just met at Nate a few times and spoken to him, always, you know, a, a, a good guy to talk to, but just someone I respect, his knowledge, the way he follows the team and covers the team. There's someone that, you know, if I see something on Twitter during the game quickly and it's from someone like Nate, it's like, okay, you know, I might, might, might want to use that one. And if it's, you know, if it's, if it's really a big nugget, you know, might have to reference him. So like that, that's, I would say, yeah, that, that's a, that's a big award because I, I lean on people like Nate during the game. Well, we, we definitely enjoy Nate. He's on the podcast at least once a year. He, he does listen a lot live and he'll, you know, we'll, we might have a question for ourselves that we don't know an answer and he'll answer us through Twitter as we're doing the podcast. So we definitely appreciate Nate a lot as well. And typically he travels to almost all these road series too. So you, you probably saw him at Yoast and I, and I don't know if he's traveling to Columbus this weekend, but uh, I wouldn't doubt if he was. So Nate is definitely a good resource for all of us. <laughs> and if you're not following Nate, you should be on Twitter. <laughs> all right. What else? Well, most of the questions I see are mostly, you know, are we going to play Robson this weekend and uh, things like that. So I, I guess, you know, light on questions, which I'm fine with because I actually kind of wanted to ask you, Dan, uh, as a soccer guy, what the heck happened to Team USA? <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I, I don't cover the U.S. men's national team. Oh, I know you don't, but I'm no, I'm guessing you follow. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I mean, Italy and the Netherlands didn't qualify oh, either. I mean, al- although their, their group was was more difficult, I think the big thing is you look at, you know, you Christian Pulisic, and, and I'm probably pronouncing his ra- name wrong, Pulisic, but there's that gap of players that are, you know, the 16 to 19. Or you know, and that might be off by an age or two. That are very good. The same, you know. The issue is, you look at the last two Olympics. That age group from like around twenty three to twenty eight. Those two groups didn't qualify for the Olympics, which you know the the U twenty three players usually represent the U S. They didn't qualify. So the warning signs were there. I think that's the big segment. The good news is these young players up and coming. Uh, there's some talent there. And, and now also, the good thing about not qualifying for the World Cup, it's got people's attention. There's going to be change, um, and, and hopefully for the good, because there's just way too much momentum. There's way too much soccer on television. There's way too many kids playing it in this country for the United States not to qualify for the World Cup. And I think it wasn't just the Olympics. It was the U-20 teams as well for soccer were missing the World Cups and qualifying. And it's just a glaring problem that they should have seen coming yeah there's a you know there's a hole and i mean I, a lot of people blame it on major league soccer but i, I mean or some people do I, I i think that that's changing so rapidly too i mean teams are getting better um sure if if, if you're good you know go go away early um i mean i think we, i think perhaps you know u.s soccer could learn a little from from usa hockey and what they've done with the national development program in Ann Arbor too. I mean, you know, since I'm not an expert on, on us men's hockey, but it seems like since we've started that program that uh, gold medals have been appearing more frequently at the, at the junior tournament on, on the big stage. Well, I think also us soccer could take some lessons from the American development model and doing more small area games and more skills and trying to keep more players in the game longer feels like U.S. soccer has done such a good job of saying you're elite at 12, you're elite at 13, you're elite at 14. you got to try to keep those kids playing the game and not giving up because they're not on the best teams. So I think that's one of the things hockey's done better the last decade is try to keep people playing longer, which I think is good for the game. It gets more fans, it gets more talent, it gets more eyes on the sport. No, and you're, you're, you're right. I mean, the old 
thing. You know, I'm 44 years old. I was a typical American. I quit playing soccer when I was like 10 or 11 and then just focused on <laughs> hockey and, and quit all other sports. And now it seems like that those are such crucial ages. Like when you hit 14, you know, into that, that, that college age. Um, and, and that's where the, it seems like the Americans are dropping off much like we used to see with, with the exception of the great state of Minnesota, for the most part and pockets of the, the United States, uh, you know, 20 years ago, you know, the, the U.S. couldn't keep up with Canada. That's where that separation of that age it seemed to be to me at around 12 or 13. That's when those kids, the Minnesota and the Canadian kids started to separate themselves from, you know, kids playing in the southern Midwestern states. Well, this is going to be our last podcast until, you know, because the team takes a break pretty much for the whole month of December. But uh, during our off break, that, that World Junior Tournament will be happening in Buffalo. And uh, Hammy, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, we've got a couple players from Minnesota that are on the preliminary roster. It looks like they're probably going to make the team. At least we know Middlestad will. Um, quick thoughts on the World Junior since uh, we'll be off here for a month. Well, I think it's going to be interesting that we're not going to get hit as hard as we usually do. Uh, you know, usually true. we have more guys that uh, we're worried about being gone, and uh, this year is not going to be the case. I've, obviously, I think some of that is just because of the fact that we're not uh, we're a little bit more veteran. Uh, we don't have as many young guys that are being counted on for big spots. So, um, but it'll be interesting. I think Middlestad certainly we've seen him, you know, do some pretty dynamic things, and I'm, and I'm definitely going to be excited to uh, see what he can do on that stage. He certainly had success on multiple different levels. So, uh, you know, USHL, high school, um, even, you know, from a national perspective. So it'll be fun to see what he can do when he gets on that stage. Besides that first regional weekend for college hockey leagues, uh, the World Junior Tournament, uh, end of December, early January, is is probably my favorite time of year. I agree. It's such a great tournament because you have probably the best talented players in the world at that age and most of them are playing there's going to be a handful that nhl clubs don't release but it's such a great opportunity to see those guys and they're still at the point in their development where they make mistakes and they're allowed to make mistakes and you have enough talent to see it you know go the other way and teams score goals so it's a fun exciting hockey uh don lucia mentioned today that there's so many canadians who travel to europe because it's cheaper for them to travel, stay in hotels, and get tickets than even get tickets in Canada. It's, that's how big of a deal it is to Canadians. So hopefully that continues to grow here in the U.S. I know having the NHL network is huge for hockey fans to get to watch it because it's must-watch hockey for me. Oh, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, Dan, how much do you get a chance to watch the juniors? I hope you get a chance to, to watch some of it because it is really good stuff. Yeah, I do. I can remember I was in Canada with with my family on a vacation in the 80s, and they had to turn the lights off, I think, with, between the Russians and Canadians because of a brawl. Uh, <laughs> but especially with, with my schedule, sometimes you miss things. But th- that's the, the good time. It's during the holidays. And, uh, yeah, usually I, I for sure try to watch that. And as as you guys mentioned, it's to me one of the biggest draws at college hockey is they're not necessarily allowed to make mistakes, but they make mistakes. And they're very talented players that make mistakes, and sometimes they end up in the back of the net in exciting plays. So, that, that's what's cool about watching kids play hockey. Well, I think to develop players, you have to let them make some mistakes. I know a lot of fans right now are critical of the Gophers because of the struggles they've had, but part of that is letting these players grow and figure out what kind of plays they can and can't make. Uh, Scott Bell said one of his biggest surprises this year working with Don Lucia is seeing how patient he is with the players and letting them grow. And, you know, with that RPM line, they're going to make mistakes, but by the end of the year, if he lets them grow their talents, they're going to be a tough line to play against in the playoffs. Yeah, especially if, if you're like Don Lucia or you guys know how talented Minnesota has been over the years. If, if you're going to stifle their imagination and creativity, well, then you're the wrong coach for that program. <laughs> I, boy, I, you can't, can't really disagree with that. Um, uh, we like that creativity. We like the offense here. You know, the, the defensive style doesn't really work too well here in Minnesota, at least the the neutral zone trap stuff that we saw in Wisconsin, and eventually it kind of got to Wisconsin that they're slowly changing theirs uh, to more of an up-tempo style. We can only hope we see more of that. Um, and obviously, you're good, you want good defensemen, but Viggs, uh, I'm really glad we haven't taken that super defensive style and that we still do play some open hockey here. 
Well, it's what Minnesota is known for. They're known for having a transition game. They're known for getting defensemen in the rush. Uh, you look at Mike Genzel and the job he's done with defensemen over the years. Uh, it's fun hockey to watch. Uh, even Scott Bell is taking a shot at Notre Dame last week. Is if you want to learn how to play defense, that's a great place to go to school. If you want to <laughs> score goals, play for Minnesota. Yeah, well, after that uh, Notre Dame weekend where it was one nothing, I tended to agree with them. So, <laughs> boy, what can you do? Dan, I'm kind of curious. Um, you, you call in the Big Ten games, and obviously you do some other things for the Big Ten Network as well, and you're calling the Chicago Fire, and then you've, you've picked up some ESPN uh, MLS duties. Uh, what's kind of on the future? What Are you looking to get into anything else or other types of uh, you know, areas, or whether it's back in the NHL or anything like that? What's, what's, what's your kind of holy grail of, uh, of doing something, I should say? Is there something out there yeah, you I still think- want to do? <laughs> No, I think I think what I'm doing now, um, you know, and, and to continue to hopefully get some stuff at the national level and, and soccer, I think, um, and I, I, I get to satisfy my, my hockey craving with covering great hockey in, the, in you know, in the Big Ten Conference. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really, so, you know, I, I guess I'm happy with what I'm doing, just to do more of it, and, you know, maybe at times, maybe at a higher level, and, uh, you know, maybe one day if I, you know, it, it, they're, they're bigger aspirations, but if I was to do the NHL, you know, I, I, you know, I, selfishly, I'd like to do it at a national level right now. So it's just so it's so time consuming if you go work for a team, and that's what's nice about in Major League Soccer is sure the season's eight months long, but you know, at the end of you're usually only covering about twenty nine or thirty games games for your for your team so it's it doesn't take up your whole schedule so there's flexibility but i you know i love what i'm doing right now soccer and hockey are the the main part of it sprinkled in with some olympic sports um it's it's very enjoyable i work with great people and the people i work for leave me alone as you guys know that oftentimes is really important to to do a good job (laughs) except on twitter which you're biased remember (laughs) yeah that's well that's that's expected (laughs) Hammy, let's get your final thoughts on this weekend with uh, Ohio State. Uh, how do you feel this weekend going for the Gophers? Is it another splitsville? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of hard to feel confident that they're going to put two good games together on the road. Um, they've kind of struggled against teams that have some good offense, and uh, I certainly would expect that this would be a, a pretty up-and-down series. So I would expect a, spl- you know, a split, whatever that would mean uh, in terms of shootouts and whatever i think we'll at least see something uh one win for each team i don't know how it'll happen but that's pretty much how i would feel it would shake out and Viggs, you know we, we've got some audio that from the today's media availability that will end at the end of the podcast you know for people listening on the download uh, what what are we going to hear today well thanks to brian deutsch for getting that to me today uh you'll hear about lindgren and milstead talking about the world juniors uh, Milstadt led on that he and uh, Lindgren have been talking quite a bit about it, even though I think the message from the coaching staff is to say it's an honor and um, we're focused on Ohio State. So you can tell they're excited. Um, this weekend for Don Lucia, you know, he's looking for offense. He thought Scott Reedy played his best weekend against Wisconsin as a college player, uh, and that line is the one that stands out. When they did film uh, this week, um, they really just highlighted that line as that's the way gopher hockey should be played so um i think those three guys will get leaned on quite a bit uh this weekend um i'm looking forward to seeing the power play continue to improve i think they've put novak on his off wing on the wall which makes that second unit work and obviously the first unit's been pretty dangerous they just haven't got the puck luck this year and we just had a question come in from one of our listeners and they're wondering dan what do you think about the shootout (laughs) it's <laughs> funny you say that i was i was thinking of that today because i could foresee one day like don lucia retiring and me working with him um because that's, that's happened now that, that's happened now that i've been in the business long enough there's some coach that you know you work with and the next thing you know you're working with him but you know he's like he's i don't even think don does it even like four on four no um and, I, and that's not <laughs> disrespecting don or any coaches most coaches don't like things that are uh, and I, I say this with you know a grain of seriousness. They don't like things that are fun. But we're in the entertainment business for the most part. And to me, especially during the regular season, I, I, I think a shootout is it, it's fun. It, it's entertainment. I, I love to see Rem Pitlick on a breakaway or these these great players. Um, and, you know, you talk about one of the biggest events in, in sport, the World Cup, can be decided on a uh, you know a penalty. So. Not to compare those two, but it's not like we're, we're, you know, we don't see these in the tournament. We don't see these in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So 
I, I guess I'm a fan of the shootout, and I can remember when they first implemented them. I was in the NHL covering, um, I forget which team, but it was Barry Trotz was in Nashville, and, and Barry Trotz is a traditionalist. And he said, you know, when I see everybody standing up during the shootout, that tells me that this is a good thing. So, I, I mean, I think it's about entertainment. It's, it's you know, this is a game, and this is a bunch of kids or, or grown men chasing a puck. Let's not take it too serious. Well, I do agree that uh, it is definitely good for the fan participation, but I also like how college hockey has – I think they do the overtime and shootouts better than the NHL. You know, if you win in overtime, that other team doesn't get a point. And, you know, in the NHL, once you get to overtime, you've already got that one point. I do like the overtime rules, at least in you know regular season for, the, for, for college compared to, to the NHL because – uh, you lose in overtime those first five minutes. Sorry, you get no points. Um, and, and then if there's a tie after that, then you know each per team gets a point. I, I wish the NHL would do that, but uh, the NHL cares probably a little bit more about parity than college hockey. Maybe that's why we like it better because of the passion and whatnot. But uh, I do feel that uh, I, that the, the the college way of doing overtime and shootouts is a little better than the NHL. That's a great point, and, and, and I don't watch the NHL that much anymore, so I miss <laughs> that. That's something I'll, I'll bring up with Ben, so thanks for pointing that out. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week, folks. You know, Dan, we really appreciate you coming on and spending your early evening with us. Uh, you know, maybe we can get you on again sometime next season. If you're still calling games, I hope you're still calling games next year. We ho- We hope so. But uh, I know you, you 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 follow you know all of us on Twitter and you will tweet back and forth and we we really appreciate you participating in our little college hockey world because uh, it's it's a fun little world that we're all part of here. No, it's it's very cool to be part of it, guys, and it's it's fun to share the passion. I can certainly hear it from you guys and see it from from you and. Um, I expect great podcasts in the future because I'm just getting into listening to podcasts. So I'll, in, in my future preparation, I'll be listening in. So, no, seriously, thanks for uh, for having me on as a guest. Well, we definitely appreciate having you on. Uh, um, we, you know, we'll be back. This is time for our monthly break. We're not going to be back until after, after Christmas here. We'll be back in early January, and then we'll talk about the World Juniors. We'll talk about this weekend against Ohio State. And... Uh, look towards St. Cloud State, which is going to be a pretty good series coming in early January. Thanks for listening. Well, you know, it has been a journey for him. Uh, you know, he had the, the illness detected uh, when he went to Ohio State that summer and um, couldn't skate um, and, and ended up transferring back here. And, you know, it took till basically this summer to finally get him 100% cleared, even though he practiced with us all last year. Um, so there was always going to be that unknown. But um, he worked really hard last year. I thought he improved a lot during the course of the season. But... You know, all of a sudden this year begins and he hasn't played a game in over two years. And uh, so the, I, I think the month of October, there were some, certainly some ups and downs and the learning curve like any freshman would have. But I, I think that uh, he's really improved in the last month. He's, he's settled in a lot more. He's, not, he's, he's managing the puck much better, making decisions. Um, you know, he's, he's bringing some offense. I mean, you saw that power play goal he scored. He, he really, it was a great shot. He has the ability to do that. And uh, he's got good feet. He's competitive. Um, great personality in the locker room. Uh, just He's working to try to get better. And, you know, sometimes even though he's been in the program and for uh, this is the second year, we have to remind ourselves that, you know, he's really just a freshman starting his collegiate career. Well, I think the, the good thing in the last month, I think we've played well. I mean, we've been, you know, the, the losing goal goes off a skate, you know, previous weekend goes off a hip and bounces up. So, you know, we haven't exactly had puck luck, but I, I like a lot of w- things that we're doing and, and how we're playing. But obviously the bottom line is results. And, uh, you know, we just went through a stretch where we're one and three in the last four league games. And, you know, obviously that's not what we want. Um, 
we have to have that consistency start to finish. Um, the goal scoring has been very up and down, uh, a little bit surprising at times, and that's an area that, uh, you know, we, since the start of the year, our penalty kills improved a lot. I think our power play has too. Uh, but now we've got to get the power play going on a consistent basis, and we have to get the offense going on a much more consistent basis with some of our key guys. I mean, that's the bottom line is that, you know, there's guys we look to, and every team does, and um, they have the responsibility to bring a little bit more offense than what they've uh, they've brought so far this year. Does it help to be able to kind of look at the games that you guys have lost and see that it has <clears throat> kind of been puck luck and, you know, hope that some of those bounce your way as the season progresses? Well, you know, we chart scoring chances in, in the last month where we're getting more scoring chances, but we're not getting more goals. And uh, we've talked about, you know, like uh, Casey's power play goal. I think it was uh, Tyler Sheehy had a great screen on the goaltender. And so we have to get more traffic there. Uh, I think we're doing a better job of getting our defensemen involved in the offense. Um, Jack Sadek had a nice goal on, on Saturday night with a pass from Gates. And uh, we have to play as a five-man group in the offensive zone. So I, I, when I look, we're getting the puck out of our own zone better and more cleanly than what we were early. Um, you know, I think that uh, Eric was really good You know, in October, maybe when we were making a lot of mistakes. Um, and he's ha had a good first half. A uh, couple games, maybe that. Um, sorry, um, uh, that he struggled. But anybody's gonna, you know, when you play a lot of games, and you know, so now we got to find the recipe where you know our goalie's on, our specialties are on, and you know we're 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 playing consistently from start to finish an entire weekend. And you know, we for the most part we had that in Notre Dame. I thought five out of the six periods we played really well, and you know even this weekend against Wisconsin, I thought there were two really good hockey games. And I think we're starting to see the Big Ten as what we want it to be, what we hoped it would be, and. Um, now there's a lot of good teams. I mean, everybody's been over well over 500 in the league. Some teams undefeated on uh, non-conference, I should say. Uh, we go to Ohio State. They're eight four and four on the season. Uh, I looked at their roster. I think they have three guys that didn't play in the NCAA tournament last year, so they're a very veteran team. Uh, we've had good success uh, uh, there over the years, and hopefully that'll continue this weekend. It's been a lot of success at home this year. How do you kind of translate that on the road? <clears throat> well, I. Uh, you know, it's like we talked about. I mean, goaltending is huge on the road. Uh, specialties are huge on the road, and uh, you know your goals against. Uh, you know, you're not going to go on the road and give up five or six goals and have any chance to win. It's, you know, giving up two uh, and then try to win those three to two games, and hopefully we can get back to that this weekend. You have a goaltender that's eligible now. Uh, you still, it's, are you going to work him? Yeah, I don't know. We, you know, it's it's. Uh, Kind of day to day, um, you know. We know he's eligible uh, this weekend. Uh, he had to sit the first half of the season, and um, so this is the the halfway mark. So he is eligible to play, and um, I know he's hopeful to play. But you know, we haven't made that decision yet. I mean, Eric's kind of held the fort for two and a half years, and you know, I I'm sure he doesn't want to give away that net very easily. So we're going to have some good competition moving forward, and you know, that's what you want to have. Trying to experiment with some different line combinations. You know what? That's a good question. I, I think in the past we've done that, but you know, trying to, you know, with who's the right wing, you know, with Reedy and, and McManus, they're the right side, so there's two freshman spots and Sheehy and, and Ramsey. So, uh, it, you know, we kind of know who the centers are, kind of know who the left wings are going to be. You know, we played some 11 and 7, but it's, We've moved, moved guys around to try to get the offense going because uh, when you look at some of our numbers, whether it's you know some key upperclassmen with not many goals at this point this season, but they've proven that they've scored in the past, and uh, hopefully we can those guys can start to find uh, the back of the net because if they can consistently start to score, it's going to go a long way of helping us, you know, a win on a more consistent basis, and you know they'll feel better about their game too when guys don't score, they start to press a little bit. And, Maybe start to cheat on the defensive end of the game, and we certainly don't want that to happen. Uh, he's progressing. Um, you know, he's big body, which we need. He's good, good around the net. Um, there's obviously parts of his game that he has to work on, but you know, he's a pretty confident kid. And you know, I thought that, that Casey and, and Ram and him were very good this weekend. They were, to me, after watching the video, by far our best line. Uh, on a shift in, shift out basis and create a lot of opportunities. And, you know, just when we did our video with our team from the weekend, they had a lot of good shifts where you could show this is the way we want to play. Um, so he's come along like we hoped he would be. Are you worried about 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm worried about point production from everybody when we have a lack of it at this point in time. Uh, you know, we have a couple guys that have probably consistently scored. I mean, Tommy's got a lot of assists, but, you know, he's sitting with two goals. I mean, Leon's with two goals. And, um, you know, so five on five, there just, there just hasn't been the consistent goal production that we, you know, want to see this year. And that, that's going to be a big thing for us moving forward that, you know, we, we gotta, we've got to score on a more consistent basis because, you know, sometimes you might have to win a game 4-3 or 5-4. Um, you know, this and, and, you know, being able to finish games. I mean, we didn't score a goal in the third period last weekend. So, I mean, you're only going to score in the first two. You know, you really put yourself behind the eight ball. And, and then even this weekend, the one game, I think we were down 10 minutes of the first 40 we played shorthanded. So, um, you know, the discipline becomes important. We still are taking, at times, I believe, untimely penalties. Uh, we put ourselves down three, three times, uh, two men, uh, this past weekend. And you just, you just can't do that. Now you're just... You're giving the other team more of an opportunity to, to beat you, and uh, it's hard enough to win games that you just don't give them any extra power plays if you can help it. So looking forward to tomorrow, do you have a kind of a formula that goes with this game? No, I mean, it's, that's kind of game to game. Uh, that's a little bit of a feel um, on what we want to do you know, moving forward. That's said game to game more than anything else. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a pretty good chance they'll both make the team, and you know we we prepare that. We expect it. We we're, we hope for it. We've never denied those kids that opportunity. I've said many times that you know I've got a chance to coach some USA teams, and uh, it's an honor. Anytime you can represent your country, it is a it's a big time event, and I I don't think the people in our country understand what a big time event that is. I mean that is the best players for the most part, other than a handful in the world at that age group that are playing, and. Uh, you know, having it, you know, in Buffalo in our own country, which we all know how big it is in Canada. Uh, all I have to do is go back to, you know, people in Canada go to Europe to go to the games because it's cheaper than trying to get a ticket for the games in Canada. You could fly over and get an inexpensive ticket in a hotel, make it a vacation. But I mean, it, it is such a big event. The, the the coverage, the media. You know, I'm sure for Casey, it'll be a little bit extra being in Buffalo where where he was drafted. Uh, Ryan will have an important part. You know defending like he did last year would help them win a gold medal so you know uh, it's one of those events that uh, you know I, I like to watch uh, I think it's, it's it's great hockey uh, the intensity is is the guys always come back better I mean that's the one thing that uh, you know maybe there's a little dip when they come back for a week or two just from the mental and physical fatigue of the of the tournament uh, but then they they kind of pick themselves back up and they're much better players uh, for having the experience to play in an environment like that. Any other questions? We'll just sort of be nasty with the email. Oh, never mind. Oh. The hook. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Go Unless she's got another battery. Right. You want to hook it up? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got it. You can ask it. Thank you. Technical difficulty. That timed out perfectly, I think. <laughs> Third period of the Friday game. That's happened a lot. Do you get a sense that sometimes you think it's a goal there? No, I, I didn't really say. I thought we were playing pretty well. I mean, it, it's so much of it's how you how you're playing and maybe how your goaltender is playing. Uh, um, that, that when Eric's on, then you know you're not really worrying about it as much. Or you know when he's fighting a little bit like he was at Michigan. Now you know that's a little bit different story. But he's been pretty consistent all season long. You know we gave him a day off this week. We didn't have him practice Monday. Um, just told him to you know, don't put on your gear. Ride the bike in the tubs, just kind of recharge. And this is much mentally because if we don't tell him that and he's never going to ask for a day off, that's just who he is. And uh, I think he's freshened up. I mean, the nice thing about being at Ritter this week, we're limited. We haven't practiced more than an hour any day. Um, and Monday we actually just let the guys play shinny hockey because it, we have gone straight through without an off week like most teams. And, you know, there's, I'm not sure an extra half hour practice is going to be important than rest is and maybe not so much physical but the mental part of it. As we hit the road, not to mention that final exams are coming up. This is a time when papers are due and you have to write exams. So there's there's more that that mental pressure on kids from an academic standpoint that, that we're sensitive to, to as well. Thank you. Well, that was too much no, running over fine. ground again. Thank you. The way things have gone, when a Friday night happens and you're, you've got a lead, the other team gets a goal, is there any sort of a I don't think you can look at things like that. Um, obviously, we've had some games this year where uh, we've given up some gold in the third. We, we obviously need to be better in the third. That's something we've been talking about this week. But, uh, but no, I don't think, you know, if, if, if you let up a goal in the third period, 
and you're still up by one, or even if you're tied or, or you're down by one, you, you got to have the same model. You know, stick to your game plan, and, and everything will be all right. How special is being part of World Juniors? Just yeah, it's it's uh, obviously a great honor. Uh, I had a ton of ton of fun at it last year. Um, uh, so yeah, it's obviously really exciting. But uh, I still, you know, we got Ohio State this weekend, so uh, you know, I'm focused on that right now. Coach mentioned that you noticed that, that he noticed that a lot of things Penn team had kind of started to come into their own as the conference was developing a little bit. Have you noticed somewhat of an identity in the Big Ten conference yet, or is there that one thing that you can kind of see in conference play? Uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, um, I think goaltending's been really good. Obviously, at Notre Dame, we. He ran into a hot goaltender. He stole a couple games from from us, and even last Saturday, uh, that Barry was was really good. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think the Big Ten overall just getting a lot better. You know, every team is 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 really good. Every game is going to be close. You know, we're at Ohio State this weekend. They're obviously a really good team. They made the NCAA last last year. I think they're ranked like number 11th right now in the pairwise. So, so we got to be ready for them. But but yeah, the Big Ten's a great league and it just keeps getting better and better, which which I think is really good. Is it kind of a surprise? That you Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know um, too much about what, why that is. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, just I guess it says more about the goaltenders and and uh, and you know, even last year, like Penn State and Ohio State were such uh, such high caliber offensive teams. They, they'd shoot shoot a ton of pucks and and uh, get a lot of goals. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't say why um, it switched a little more defensive style this year. Yeah, uh, I'm really close to my brother Charlie and, and both my brothers Andrew too. But uh, but yeah, he uh, it was obviously really exciting for our, for my whole family. My my uh, parents were able to go out there and, and watch him play. But, uh, but yeah, you know he he likes to uh, tell a lot of stories about uh, about how it is up there, and it was obviously a really cool time for him and uh, and uh, really exciting. And uh, you know my whole family and, and I couldn't be more proud of him. It's you know it's just so special seeing your brother, you know uh, having his dream come true. So uh, that's really cool. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, you know he we talk a lot and uh, you know he just says how how cool it is and how special it is. Thanks. 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 Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, what is being named to the uh, finalist final list? Excuse me, preliminary list for the World Juniors. The opportunity to you play for your country before to maybe do it again on the kind of the biggest junior stage. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's an honor. It's something that you, you dream about growing up as a kid, and um, I think we're we're definitely excited. But uh, right now, I think we got one more weekend, and uh, we definitely need these two wins here going out to Ohio State. So we're gonna focus on that and try, try and get a few wins here this weekend, and then from there we'll, we'll get excited. What are you uh, What are you expecting to see out of Ohio State? What have you seen on the film? Um, I guess I, I'm not I'm not too sure. I mean, I've watched them play a few times in the past out here against Minnesota, and I, I think from what I've heard, they're going to play fast. They're going to try to score goals, make plays. So um, kind of similar to us, I think. And uh, like I said, it's a big two games for us, so we gotta we got to get out there and be ready to go. It's happened a couple of times this year, the Friday game against Wisconsin. You get that big lead, they score a third-period goal. Is there any sort of, oh, my gosh, here we go again feel you have to guard against? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. No, I think we we've definitely talked about it. we got to work work better on our third periods here and, and find a way to bury some of our own goals and, and um, end games against teams that that we've that we're ahead in. But at the same time, I, I don't think we get that feeling. I think uh, every game's a new game and uh, we're a pretty close knit group. So I think we try to stick together in those situations and find a way to win. Conscious decision to throw that puck between that guy's legs, or it just happened that way. I'm not the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I. I guess I have no idea. I think at the time you're just trying to make a play, and then um, I don't know. I think you try to make the play, and whatever happens, happens. So um, I don't know. I guess it was good. Ram was in the good spot for me, so it worked well. What's the most important aspect of shutting down um, offensive pressure? Uh, you know, I don't think there's one thing. I think just good overall five-person defense is probably the, the best way to do it if, if everyone's working together. and. Um, doing their own job, I think that makes it harder some forward. That I don't think there's one specific way, but like I said, I think uh, just five guys sticking together and, and playing good team defense is probably the best way. Coach mentioned that you guys have uh, lacked puck luck so far this year. You've had a lot of bounces kind of go the wrong way for you. Does that kind of help or hurt your look back on the first half of the season where you say, you know, moving forward, maybe we'll get a couple of those bounces in? 
kind of change the results. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's probably definitely true. I think there's been times where it's like we can't get a bounce. Like we need one goal, and we want we need to bounce quick, and you know it doesn't happen. But at the same time, I think most of the time it usually comes back around. So hopefully for us in the second half, we'll, we'll get a few of those bounces. I think. Uh, it's more of a good thing than a bad thing. I think you're trying to always look forward, trying to get a little luck. So I think for us, that'd, that'd be nice for sure. Yeah, I think um, I've actually, I played with Reeds like two years ago just for, I think, two games out in Ann Arbor at the program. And we played really well together. And I, I guess somehow maybe it, it transformed a little bit over here, I think. Um, he does a really good job in the corners, and that helps me out a lot. I think, especially being in center, I'm usually the last guy coming up the ice. So, um, anyone who's got a forecheck in the corners when puck when puck battles really helps me. And um, he does a good job. He always wins a battle, looks for me, and I like to play with the puck. So, whenever I can get someone who who can find me, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, I think. Like I said, it's definitely a huge honor, and um, I grew up watching it my whole life. And I think uh, I've talked to Lingren about it quite a bit. I think he was on team last year, but it's we're definitely excited. But um, at the same time, this is this is our biggest weekend of the year for sure. And um, we we got two Big Ten games coming up this weekend. We're behind in the standing, so we need to go in and get two wins. We're gonna focus on that, and then uh, once this weekend's over, we'll get we'll get excited for World Juniors. How have you been balancing kind of with your first college year here with finals coming up and, and the stress of being a student athlete, um, you know, balancing everything that's been going on? Has that been kind of tough for you so far? Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's been too bad. I think there's some days that get long with class and tests and finals, papers, whatever. But at the same time, we're, we're all in it together. I think um, every guy on the team's got class, every guy on the team's got finals. and. Um, same with the teams you play against. So for me, it really hasn't been that bad. I think uh, having a good freshman class to kind of hang around with and stick around with, have some fun with, uh, makes it a lot easier. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.